Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules, a native New Yorker that moved to Iceland in 2016. After falling in love with the country, I started the All Things Iceland podcast and social media channels in 2018 to share with travelers and others who are interested in Iceland about the country's fascinating history, culture, nature, language, and travel. Sharing insights, travel recommendations, and so much more has helped thousands to become more familiar with Iceland and have epic adventures. This episode is part of a series about months in Iceland. I will have links to the other months that I have done so far in the show notes. So I'm up to August and I have, of course, the rest of the months left in the year, but you at least have from January to August as of right now when I'm recording this. But the goal is to have all 12 of them so that whenever month you're planning or thinking about coming, you will have information about that month, in particular, what to expect. So road conditions, what to wear slash pack, what makes it worth it to visit during that month, some tips on driving in that time, top of activities and events. Of course, some of these events are annually happening, but if there are any ones coming up that I'm aware of that might even be happening for the, the year you could be coming, I will have that in there as well. Before I jump right into it, I want to give a shout out to Mel Loves Iceland, who left a review of the podcast. So Mel Loves Iceland is from the United States. So hi, Mel. <laughs> and the subject line is, I can't believe I didn't know about this podcast. So in quotations, Mel says, I've been interested in visiting Iceland for years and finally did it last January 2023 and fell in love with the island. I've been three times this year alone and hoping to spend time during every season. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but somehow I miss this gem from Jules, pun intended. <laughs> I've started listening from episode one and working my way forward, and I'm excited there are so many to enjoy. I'm so impressed with Jules's language skills and love how she teaches a word every episode. As a fellow American from the East Coast, I am inspired by her passion for such a beautiful and wonderful country, and maybe I'll follow in her footsteps and move there too. Thanks, Jules, for this wonderful podcast. End quote. Thank you so much, Mel Loves Iceland. First of all, I think it's fantastic that Mel is able to visit so many times. Good for them. That is so cool. And I hope that as Mel is going through the podcast and just other resources, that uh, Mel is able to utilize that for even more epic adventures because they're probably starting to know Iceland so well at this point, <laughs> which is so cool. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a written review if that's possible on whatever platform. Thank you to all the people who have been leaving reviews and ratings. It helps others to know what they can expect to hear about Iceland when they listen. Jumping right into weather and average temperature that you can expect in August in Iceland. So. August is summertime, and it is, in essence, one of the times, if the weather allows, of course, <laughs> meaning it can always be variable here, but normally it's warmer. It's one of the warmer months, and of course, that is relative, so please take into account that we're talking about an island in the North Atlantic that, you know, very little of it is in the Arctic Circle, but still, you know, it's, it is chillier than what some people might think of as summer. And so average temperature is around 10 to 15 degrees Celsius, so 50 to 59 degrees Fahrenheit. And warmer days, though, can get up to 20 degrees Celsius or 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Some people might shudder at <laughs> that idea of it being warm, 
But here, if the sun is out and there's hardly any clouds, that is amazing. It is. It can actually feel extremely, well, not extremely, but very hot, sweating. I, I've, I've definitely worn shorts and sandals. <laughs> I'm going to have to laugh because I'm just like, when I say it out loud, it makes me realize how much I've changed in terms of growing up in New York City and the summers there, which are extremely hot in comparison to this, especially in August when you might have like dog days of summer. But please know that Icelandic weather is notoriously unpredictable. So it's not unusual for you to have like a bit of everything, rain, fog. And in the highlands, you can have snow as well. But when we're in the lowlands, which is which most people are experiencing around the Ring Road, you're normally not going to have snow. So you don't have to worry about that <laughs> in, in August in particular. But all this can happen within the same day. Like Iceland having multiple seasons within one day is normal thing. And a joke in Iceland, if you haven't heard it, is if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. And that's just alluding to the fact that the weather is always changing a lot. Regarding daylight hours, one of the most extraordinary features of Iceland is that we have a lot of daylight in the summertime. 24-hour daylight during certain months, so June, July, definitely parts of May and parts of August. And what I mean by this is that we basically have the midnight sun in which the sun does go below the horizon, but for just a little bit of time. And then before you know it, the sun is above the horizon again, and the sky is not dark. Now for August, as you get into the later bit of August, it does become actual dark, but it's more like just a still a long day, but relatively kind of normal-ish day for summertime in some other places. So to give you an idea, we have around like 16 hours of daylight and sunrise can be around five o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning and then the sun going down between nine and 10. Specifically, just to give you an idea how much it changes in the month, on August 1st, the sun rises at 4.33. So four o'clock in the morning, 4.33 in the morning, and it sets at 10.32 for a total of 17 hours and 58 minutes. By the middle of the month, August 15th, the sun is coming up at 5.17 and then setting at 9.44. So that's around 16 hours and 26 minutes of daylight. And then by the end of the month, the sun is coming up at six o'clock in the morning and going down at 8.48 for a total of 14 hours and 42 minutes of daylight. So you see the days are just like slowly shrinking together and it's more noticeable by the end of the month, which is totally fine because as I mentioned, it's not like it's uh, that drastic daylight. You still have a pretty long day. When it comes to clothes in August, in every episode that you hear me talk about the months or what to wear, the case is that layers is key. Now, because this is a warmer time, it's important to remember that, well, depending on where you're coming from, but if you're used to any kind of chillier weather or just less, you know, hot weather, then here having t-shirt and a t-shirt meaning like a undershirt that is made for wicking off sweat or it could be long sleeved of course but some kind of shirt that's your base layer and then you may or may not depending on the weather need a mid layer that and that mid layer can also be an outer layer too it can be both depending on its um, waterproof or water resistance 
So some people, they might have like a fleece jacket or a loba pesa. I wear those, a thinner version of a loba pesa, which is an Icelandic traditional sweater. And then if it's going to be raining, I have another layer that goes on top of that that's very thin. And that's specifically for waterproof and windproof protection. Hiking in the summertime is such a great activity. So waterproof or water-resistant hiking boots is a must. Plus the terrain can be uneven in some places, so it is worth it. It might not happen all the time, but having a light pair of gloves or a hat, especially if you just happen to be one of those people that gets cold easily, can come in handy. But usually in the beginning to mid-August, that is not something most people need. Maybe towards the later bit of August, as you can feel a bit of the chill of fall coming in. But still, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have these little things in your backpack or just in the car with you if you're driving around on your own. And these are just very, you know, little in terms of the essentials that I'm I'm talking about. Sunscreen. Oh my goodness, sunscreen is so important. Sunglasses. And for more of those essentials, though, I highly recommend checking out my ultimate packing checklist that is linked in the show notes and will provide you with everything you need to bring. So it's actually split up into two. It's the winter and summer packing list all in one. It's this one big document that is very thorough. So I have essentials in there. It's a checklist. You can literally print it out and check the boxes. Uh, And then I have non-essentials for like extra stuff you can bring if you have room and if you want to. And of course, for this episode, the summer list is, is most important. But if you're like Mel that loves Iceland, getting the Iceland packing checklist means that you'll have it for whatever season that you come in. Because even though we have spring and fall, I'd say fall is best to use the summer list and maybe think about having like a just a thicker mid-layer. And then for spring, use the winter list for sure. Because we still, especially in certain areas of the country, it's still very much is like winter during the spring. Uh, spring in Iceland is better to think of it as being not like flowers blooming or anything, but more that we have longer days. So this is when we're getting into like March, April, May. The days just continue to get longer and longer until we reach like a peak in the summertime. Regarding road conditions and driving in Iceland during August. So similar to July and June, it's amazing to drive in Iceland during the summertime. It's so easy. You don't have to worry about snow or ice. Of course, there can be windstorms and things of that nature, but because we don't have these other factors on the road that can make it slipperier, it is lovely to drive. And it's so easy to get around the ring road. Of course, always check road conditions before you set out. So safetravel.is is one that I always recommend people check. Road.is also talks about any road closures and road conditions. If you plan to go into Highlands, you can definitely do that in August. So make sure that if you're going to rent a car, have it, have one that's a four by four and is insured for F roads. That is a very specific thing. I have an ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland, and I'll have that in the description of this episode, which is basically allthingsiceland.com forward slash August in Iceland. And you can be able to utilize that, that post. It's, it's packed with a bunch of information because renting a car in Iceland can have aspects to it that you might not be aware of and maybe even some unique things here, including road signs and things that are important for you to know for your visit. So here's an expert tip that I have for August that is very important. So 
as I mentioned, summer, longer daylight hours, better weather. This also means it's way more popular during this time of the year. And I'd say July and August are our peak months, like July being number one, August being the second. So I highly recommend booking accommodations far in advance. And I'll just give an example. I mean, we don't know what's happening with everything this year, but by the end of 2022, so I'm, I'm recording this in 2023, but by the end of last year, going into 2023, more than 70% of accommodations in the country were already booked for the summer of 2023. In fact, for the whole year, it's just incredible when you think about it. So if you want to visit Iceland during summer, whether it's in 2024 or beyond, I strongly suggest booking your flights, accommodations, and car or camper van rental as soon as you can. To six months in advance for accommodations is not unheard of. And accommodations meaning hotels, Airbnbs, guest houses. You also get the pick of the litter, if you will, uh, just because the more things are available and you can be able to just, you know, figure out what works best for you. Look around the country if you're going to do a ring road or a certain area and camper vans, too. Um, that is another one that goes very fast in Iceland. Car rentals, you have a little bit more time, maybe like a month or two more, uh, just to have all the choice that you want. Of course, you know, getting here, you might have some choices, but it could be limited in getting a certain 4 by 4 car if you wanted to go into Highlands, or even getting a less expensive car if you were looking to stay on a budget. So that's just my tip that I have to put out there to help manage people's expectations because I do one-on-one -on -one consultations with people and I'm often hearing people who are just about to leave on their trip like in a month or two and are scrambling to try and find accommodations for the summertime. And I feel so bad because I know that they're excited about their trip, but it can be frustrating to like check every day and just not know if things are going to be available or feel like you're restricted to one area or another because you can't find accommodations or even you can find accommodations, but they're far outside of your budget because the only things left are like extraordinarily expensive. When it comes to driving around Iceland and uh, driving yourself in particular, I highly recommend renting a car. And for the sponsors of this episode, Go Car Rental Iceland, which is a local Icelandic car rental company that has great customer service, a large variety of cars and very competitive prices. If you use my code ICELAND10, you can save 10% off the entire cost of your rental car. This will definitely come in handy a lot in the summertime. I personally use Go Car Rental Iceland when I go on adventures, and I'm always so glad to hear that many of you, uh, my listeners and subscribers, are having a great experience with them. They are highly rated, and that was one of the reasons when I decided to partner with them was that they really take their customer service seriously, and I'm, I'm proud to be in a, a partnership with them because for me it's it's all about the experience of being in the country feeling like things can go as you know smoothly as they can given the circumstances and then also knowing that if there's anything that you have questions about they're they're always there to answer and to make people feel like they're welcomed and if you want to rent a camper van their sister company go campers uh, is awesome too. I use the Go Camper camper vans, two of them, over the summer extensively, and it was a great experience. So if you want to save on your camper van, you can use my code Iceland7 to save 7%, and you get two free duvets with your Go Campers rental with my code. And as always, I have some camper van fun content coming up, so definitely keep your ears open for that. <laughs> I'm excited to be sharing 
about some winter camping that I'll be doing because I've done a decent amount of summer camping and I have some episodes about even camping sites, beautiful camping sites that I absolutely loved and can't wait to share because they blew my mind. Okay, so why should you visit Iceland in August? As if I were not already kind of sold it, right? I'm <laughs> being like, the weather is much better, daylight. There's also wildlife. So puffins are still around in August. They leave by the end of the month. Whale watching, wonderful to see whales during this time. Of course, there are waterfalls in their full force. The landscape is lush and green. There are festivals happening in August, which I'm going to get to. But before that, if we just talk about some top activities. So hiking. I mentioned that a little bit about going to the highlands, places like Larmalogar, Thorsmörk, Kverdalir in the Kerlingarfjöt mountain range. If all of this sounds extraordinarily foreign and confusing to you, don't worry. Everything that I'm talking about, all these names that are Icelandic, are in the description of my website on allthingsiceland.com. So just feel free to just listen to the words and then when you see them, you can copy and paste them look them up or go to any links that I have that could be of interest. There's also, of course, like I mentioned, puffins and puffin watching. So going to the Western Islands or the West Fjords, going on a boat tour, hot springs and pools. I consider the West Fjords to be the hot spring capital of Iceland. And I have actually something I'm going to share, some hot springs in some other posts that are fantastic, just some of my favorites around the country. Glacier tours, always a great idea. So of Unfortunately, the glaciers are receding, but there are tours in which you can be able to experience being on the glacier. It is different than when it's in wintertime. The colors is less of this bright blue, but it still has a gorgeous aspect to it that I find really fun. And also it's warmer. (laughs) That's always a good thing. And so these are just some activities. Obviously, there's a ton. I mean, if you wanted to do something more extreme like paragliding, it's not something you could do in the wintertime, uh, just because of conditions. And then, you know, other things that are happening, like being on a zip line and, and all that jazz. But August definitely provides a lot of potential activities. And these are just a few ideas that you can go with and have an amazing adventure. For August events and holidays, there's a huge festival called Theothaltith during the holiday, Veslunar Manahelge which translates to Shopkeeper's Weekend. And it takes place on the Westman Islands, specifically Heimae or Home Island, which is the only island on the Westman Islands where people actually live. And it's the first weekend of August. And it's an intense festival in that there's it's, it's a party, uh, like a music festival, in which people are just having a ton of fun, lots of drinking, lots of dancing, and it's usually Icelandic artists that are playing. And it's a big thing for Icelanders in general to go to. So, I mean, if you are interested in it, of course, you can like buy tickets for the ferry and for the festival itself. But people are usually camping. And it can get a little wild, just to be honest. So if you have any thoughts or feelings of visiting the Western Islands during this time, I wouldn't recommend it unless you want to be in the middle of a gigantic wild party. <laughs> and, and there are people of all ages that are going. But the ferry that is running is usually packed with people all times of night. So it can become a little bit much for individuals who aren't looking for that. 
normally the Western Islands is so serene and a lovely getaway feeling, you know, like it's basically, I mean, it isn't an island off of the main island, but it almost feels like you're, you've left Iceland to some degree. So that's just something as a festival to keep in mind. And also there will be so many people on the island itself that you won't be able to enjoy the full activities and things that are happening because pretty much everyone that lives there, works there, and of course is visiting, is, is partying the whole weekend because it is meant to be a holiday where people have off. Then there's also the Pride Parade, and Reykjavik Pride is vibrant, joyous, so much fun, so inclusive. There's a huge parade that takes place, and then there are all types of concerts. There's usually the week up until the parade, there's also events that are helping to raise awareness and just artists who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's very fun. It's a family-friendly event. Kids of all ages, adults of all ages are down there having fun. Everyone's got their rainbow colors on. And just, yeah, having a lovely day kind of celebrating this type of diversity. Then there's Culture Night, which is called Minningarnot in Icelandic. And Reykjavik Culture Night in particular, because there are other culture nights for other towns, but they have nothing on Reykjavik, which is like a huge shutdown of the city. And there are different activities going on. Uh, fun activities for kids. Iceland's very f- kid-friendly, by the way, so people are always wondering that. You can pretty much take kids everywhere, even like fancy restaurants, and no one bats an eyelash. <laughs> so definitely during all of these types of activities, you for sure have lots of kids stuff going on, lots of concerts, performances, fireworks. All of the museums are open for free, and there's some really great ones. So if you're here for Culture Night, you also get a chance to just roam around, eat, drink alcohol if you want to, listen to concerts, do yoga on the streets with people. Like they have these different little venues set up. It's for sure. August is one of my favorite months because of all of the things that are happening. <laughs> so the Big Greek Pride and Culture Night, those two, I always want to be around for because I always have an amazing time. And, you know, it's just so much like excitement, joy, and the idea of just community. That's spread all around, no matter if you're from Iceland or not. Also in Dalvik, uh, there's something called the Great Fish Day. Dalvik is in the north, so you'd have to go pretty far away (laughs) in order to enjoy it. But as a fishing town, this has always been a really important aspect of Icelandic culture. And so the Feast of Fish, and it's something that uh, Icelanders up there, the locals in particular, celebrate. So for my final tips for visiting Iceland August, I'll just reiterate booking accommodations and car rentals well in advance, specifically to camper vans. So your car rental can be either a camper van or just a regular car or four by four, whatever. But accommodations, absolutely, please. It is so crucial. And we're only expecting more people coming next year. Be prepared for all types of weather. Don't be fooled by the calendar. Yes, I know that August for where you live could be lovely, but this is Iceland (laughs) and the weather changes. So having those layers will come in handy. Stay informed about the weather and the conditions. And like I mentioned, uh, safetravel.is. You can even put in a travel plan. You can submit one so people know where you're going to be in the event that something happens. Uh, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't. But if you're heading into Highlands in particular, 
it's always good to do it. And of course, check out to see, you know, if there's any river crossings on the roads, the F roads that you're going to be driving on. And if the car that you have is suitable to make it across those rivers. I don't recommend just personally, if you're going to go to Thorsmork to cross the Thorsau River, it's very deep and often extremely volatile. And unfortunately, there have been cars that have been drowned there, washed down, you know, people could lose their lives. Please just respect the nature and understand that it's nature in Iceland and the weather are very powerful. We don't have any predatory animals, but the weather is like a predator in that it can be the thing that costs you your life. So, and of course, respect the nature and wildlife just in terms of following the trails and, you know, whatever you bring with you, take with you so you can preserve the natural beauty of the country. Another tip that I have is that if you want some really detailed and great insight about how to spend your time, so personalized trip planning advice from me, you can book me for a one-on-one hour-long video consultation. I've done close to 100 of them now, and I've enjoyed every minute of these hour-long calls because, first of all, they give me a chance to talk to some of you, you know, face-to-face, kind of, (laughs) granted it's on the computer, but still, and also, you know, with your time frame. So some people are coming for three days, five days, one person, three months, and I was like, that's incredible, good for you to be able to do that. And being able to plan out some things, hear about things that you maybe didn't know about or understanding like, you know, just possibilities for your trip to make it even more fun. So I'll have a link to that in the description. So the show notes, if you will, or description for this episode on allthingsison.com. You can also find it on trip planning help tab that I have. And another great resource is that if you grab my full access to my Iceland map, You'll get over 250 places that I recommend in Iceland, along with four itineraries to use for planning your trip. So this map is separate from my consultation, but you can use them together. You can use one or the other. It's totally up to you. And the itineraries that I have that come with full access to my Iceland map are a 10-day ring road trip, a three-day South Iceland trip, and the famous Golden Circle, and of course, the Reykjanes Peninsula day trip. So these allow for you to kind of pick and choose which ones you want. You can take some items from the, you know, 10-day trip if you want and and create your own. But the map itself has all of my hidden gyms I love on there and other popular places as well as activities and accommodations that could help you along as you're planning your trip. And if you decide to purchase it, your one-time purchase gives you lifetime access which includes any updates that I make to the map in the future. And all of this, like I mentioned, can be on my website. At the top, uh, you'll see in the navigation, that's a trip planning help tab, as I mentioned. And you just click that or hover over it and it will bring down the different options. So there's a lot of information on my website, for sure. These particular ones have been great for a lot of people and I'm really happy to provide them. And I have even more resources that are coming out in the near future. So Definitely keep an eye out for that. For the random fact of the episode, August is such a fun month because we are still in summer. But as we get toward the end of the month, we actually, as I'd said, have dark nights. And why this is important to reiterate is because sometimes you can see the northern lights during this month. 
And I, as well as many others, have experienced seeing the Northern Lights at the end of August. And it blows your mind because the weather is still really good. And you just look up in the sky and bam, green lights are just dancing all around. It's really beautiful. While, of course, there is no knowing or no like guarantee is what I'm trying to say that you will definitely see them during this month or any month in, you know, that has dark nights. It's still a possibility and it's a pleasant surprise when they do appear. So I'd go into it if you're going to come at the end of August or nearing the end of August to keep your eyes peeled, see if, you know, there is any type of alert when it comes to the Aurora forecast. I'll have a link to that as well. And just utilize it to your advantage. If if there's not going to be anything visible, that's fine. But if there is, what a way to kind of cap off your trip. Lastly, is the Icelandic word of the episode, which is August. August. And that means August in Icelandic. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.